It's time for the Big Nasty Show right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Welcome in, welcome in to the Big Nasty Show here on Yahoo Sports Radio 1450thesportsbuzz.com. We are uh, we're recuperating from a, from a long, long, rainy, dreary, but fantastic derby weekend. DJ Yates in the booth. How you feeling today, buddy? Oh, no complaints. No complaints. Did you, um, you make any of that coin, make any of that jingle from the derby this week? I did not. Ah. Didn't so. lose any either. Um, I wanted to thank you again. I, I got a, I got a bonus. I got a sort of a bonus condition, if you would. Last night, I, I got invited to go out to the Sunday Sports Buzz. I believe is what they call that uh, with Greg Brom and DJ Yates is the engineer for that program as well. So uh, I got a, a chance to see uh, live TV last night and how that all worked. Uh, I, I, I was asking you earlier, did do you feel I made a fool of myself or did I hold my own in the <laughs> the media broadcasting department? No, you did well. Oh, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. So, and you did as well. I, I it was interesting to see how how video works compared to the way we do it here on the radio. So, it was interesting. Um, what was the what was the guy little little kid's name that was in there in the booth with us? Uh, I think his name's Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, he was doing the hand signals to us and stuff like that. So, got to talk to Greg Brom. He's a the consummate professional. Greg, good guy. Said he was coaching a little high school football. I didn't. I didn't realize that. So he's got his hands full. And his brother went down to uh, with Petrino, down with uh, yeah, Western, Western Western Kentucky down the, the hill tumblers. Hill tail topplers. Hill toppers is what they they go by. I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we're in here in the studio today on 1450thesportsbuzz.com, and we've got rainy weather out there again today. It was a little dreary. Was it dreary when you uh, rolled in earlier this morning? Yeah. It was. Uh, I woke up today and it was just. It's tough to get out of bed after a long derby weekend. It rained all day on Saturday, at the derby, and I was out there in my. I was out there in my suit, and uh, a suit without a rain, uh, an umbrella or a raincoat is not a good combination for the rain. It's a uh, very heavy material, and uh, I don't know if you saw any pictures or not, but I, I definitely. Uh, I represented. I represented the station well in my. My suit, my leisure suit, <laughs> and I had some success too. We're we're going to talk a lot. We've got uh, several callers today, actually. Uh, here we're, we're going to talk to in a little bit. Here we're going to talk to Marty McGee from from the Daily Racing Forum. He's going to call in in the second hour if we can fit them both in. I certainly hope we can. We're going to have um, the Breeders' Cup Classic winner last year's uh, Fort Larned. Brian Hernandez is going to call in and tell me uh, how things were this weekend for him. And then uh, we're going to talk to Tom Hamus, who trains uh, Dulinay, who was freakishly good. And then also in the Derby, he had my loot. So we're going to get him. We're going to get both of them in the second hour. We got a lot of other things to talk about today too, as well. There was, um, uh, first of all, it's, it's supposed to be rain today, pretty much all day, and then this week's supposed to look real nice uh, up until Friday. And Friday and Saturday, of course, the weekend for for those of you that are doing things this weekend, are uh, the, the weather's going to get a little little gloomy again. But it's supposed to be perfect, low seventies throughout the week. So I'd say uh, I'd say you and Mrs. Yates would go and have a picnic or something, do a little golfing. Uh, possibly. That's it's always a possibility. So. Uh, but anyway, that's the weather for this week. We've got, um, in case you didn't know, the NBA and the NHL are in the playoffs. The the two times of the year when people actually pay close attention to both the NBA uh, and the NFL. We've got to, we've got a recap of some of those games, and, and we'll talk about what's underway already. We've got going on there. 
we've got to, unanimousness. We've got unanimousness, if that's a word. Is that a word? Sure. It is, <laughs> it is on this on the Big Nasty Show. Everything is a word. So, um, real quick, if you want to call in, anybody wants to call in besides the ones that are already scheduled, you can call us at the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line. It's three eight four fourteen fifty. And you want to talk about this weekend's Derby events and how you did, uh, how you looked, if, how you were dressed, uh, if your horse won, lost, if you got muddy in the infield, if you got uh, drunk in the infield, if you got lucky. You want to talk about any of that, call us on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 384-1450. That's 502 area code. Um, we've got lots of stuff going on with both NBA and NFL, or NHL. We've got to, we're going to talk a little a little bit of derby recap. Um, if uh, if you could queue up that Shug file for me when you get a chance there, I want to I want to play that first as a start to the, the show after we tell them what we're going to talk about here. We've got a we're going to recap all of the Oaks and Derby activity that we had this weekend, which was crazy crazy week, good and bad. Um, we've got uh, Ali Sheba. The, the Ali Sheba race went down. NASCAR. Uh, did you get a chance to see? Did you watch any of that, buddy? I did not. Did you see? Wow, there was a car on top of another car. They were they were doing the uh, leapfrog, but it wasn't it wasn't a good leapfrog. I'd say that's usually frowned upon. At 190 miles an hour, that's probably not a, the best of things. So uh, we, uh, I was I was going to call and find out what what that was like to have a, a, a I don't even know how much those cars weigh. They're not, they're not real heavy compared to what kind of horsepower they have. But we got some NASCAR talk to talk about a little bit later. We've got a few moments with God. We've got to touch those. There's some some shady things happening. Some unfortunate things happening in the world today. We've got uh, next weekend. We got some golf. The golf's going to be at the Players' Championship next weekend, uh, but they had a tournament this weekend. Phil, uh, we'll talk about that a little bit. We've got um, there's there was a disappearance in Michigan, which we'll talk about. There's a few more moments with God. We have uh, some Major League Baseball to talk about. The Reds, we're going to talk a little Red Sox. We'll talk a little bit of Louisville Cardinal baseball later on. We've got a little bit of NFL to talk about, not too much, but we do have uh, two segments of the, the NFL to talk about. And then we're going to tell you uh, how, how you can get involved with all this this deliciousness that we've got going on over here at 1450, the Sports Buzz. So, uh, first of all, we're going to look at the, the NBA playoffs are underway as they just got started. The, the second round just got started this weekend. I, With the Derby and all the festivities of what's been going on, I, um, you know, I really had very little chance to follow the games. Um, did you get a chance to watch any of the activity? I know that OKC looked like they were going to get it. It looked like they were out, and then boom, they came back. Yeah, I didn't get to watch any of the games yesterday. No. I, I watched the uh, the Bulls-Nets game Saturday night. That was a good, pretty good game. Bulls uh, and I, Nets? Yeah. That was uh, game seven. That was, yeah, it's a Saturday night. That, yeah, that, the, that was the best series of the, of the bunch, wasn't it? Or the, the Clippers, the Memphis Clippers, and I mean, there were there were a few good series. Um, that those two were probably the highlighted. I would say. Yeah, the the Bulls. That I mean, that game was. I mean, it wasn't bad. the The Nets didn't really look like they wanted it. So. And uh, as it was shocking after they blew out the Bulls in Game One. Do you remember the te- the one team that I said could potentially, the one team I said could potentially beat the Heat? Do you remember any of that from weeks past? Is that the Pacers. That's right. Very good. Very good. So, um, and the Pacers, they they handled the, the opening series pretty pretty well. That wasn't much of a contest against the Hawks. And then uh, they move on to play the Knicks, and the Knicks are the two seed in the East. And everybody's been saying that the Knicks may be for real, and they might be the team that's now healthy and could potentially beat the Heat. Uh, but I interject <laughs> because I think the Pacers are going to actually beat the Knicks in that series. Do you see how they manhandled? Well, you said you didn't see the game last night, but um, last night the Pacers – bullied up 
They took Car- Carmelo Anthony somewhat out of the game. He still had 28 points, I believe he had. But they took him out of the game with physical uh, on the boards. Physically on the boards, they out-rebounded, and they took they took the long uh, the Nets Knicks out of the game, man. And I think I tell you what, I think the Pacers are playing as a team this year. I can't tell you exactly how long it's been, but we're just going to say it's been a long time since the Pacers have had uh, in, been in the discussion for that was when uh, Reggie was was still involved. Was the last time the Pacers were involved, if I'm not mistaken, right? I would imagine Reggie, so, Reggie yeah. Miller era when he was hitting miracle three pointers, uh, and then they got they got taken out by the Bulls, as I believe. If was when was the last time the Pacers have the Pacers ever won at all? I don't believe so. I don't think so either. But I, they got beat by the Bulls. That I believe um, the one year that was the, 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 to to go to the the finals. And uh, Reg, Reggie Miller was uh, was the highlight then. But anyway, I, I like the Pacers. I think it's because Bacon took me up to the game. Really, is what happened. I I went up to this game and I got I, I sort of fell in love with the with the Pacers and the the uh, the arena and and how things went at the game. So I'm gonna I, I think the Pacers are gonna beat the Knicks. But I think all these series, with with the exception of the Heat and Bulls, Bulls had a great series, great series against the Nets. That was a, that was a great series. Uh, the Bulls weren't expected to win that series. If you can remember the first game of the series, I believe uh, the Brooklyn Nets took care of business pretty handily, oh, they, and they smashed them pretty. They good. smashed them real good, and then everybody was like, "Oh well, then the Bulls. There's no, there's no, there's no way that the Bulls can can pull this off." And then Joakim Noah rallies the team without uh, Derrick Rose, and it rallies the team, and they win. You know, they they won it in six games, which was an interesting statistic. We were talking about that last night. Um, there was. All these game sixes, none of them went to game seven, which I thought was an interesting statistic. You know, there was three or four, three or four game sixes, three of them, and all of them went. Uh, they, they were decided last evening or the night before in game six instead of going to game seven. So, uh, Knicks Pacers, you uh, have any thoughts that they the Knicks turn it around after a one nothing deficit? Or what's what's your what's your thoughts on Knicks Pacers? Um, I mean, I. I probably would go with the Pacers in that series. Um, I, I just, they probably have a are, are a little tougher than the Knicks. Definitely more physical basketball team. They they are um, they they play very physical. They've got a lot of young talent, and and I think that that that's going to be a key. There's good you know, Larry Bar- Larry Bird's involved with that equation. I don't know whether you knew that or not, but uh, he is a <laughs> he's a he's an old old veteran, and he's I think that there's that that factor going on there, and uh, I think there's a lot of the Knicks bring more. You notice you don't hear a lot of stories about the Pacers in terms of thug life, in terms of off the court sort of activity. You do hear a lot about that with the Knicks. Now it is New York. New York's a lot more under the uh, scrutinized a lot more and it's under the public eye. But uh, I think that that chemistry that's involved with the Pacers and, and sort of the keep your mouth shut and play play your game and do your job. I think that's gonna that's gonna take them to where they need to be here. So I've got the I've got the Pacers uh, moving on against the Knicks. Any chance the Bulls beat the, the Heat? I, I doubt it. Very, 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 very little chance. And uh, if you heard Greg and I talking last night, um, he has the over/under on MVPs. Congratulations to LeBron, by the way. He he won unanimously, hands down, won the MVP. He has the over/under at at MVPs. He's already got four of them. He has the over/under at six and six point five. We both took the over. Do you agree with us, or do you think there's a hiccup? I, I would probably take the under. Wow, it's very difficult to do that, isn't it? Well, I mean, it is, but I mean, 
I think I think voters, when it comes to the NBA MVP, I think they get tired of voting for the same person. I mean, Michael Jordan only won five, and it's Michael Jordan. You yeah. need to tell me that there were only five seasons when he was the best player out there. Mm, I don't so, think so. So you're you're so there's a political angle as well too. Plus, you have injury concerns. That that's you know there's a lot of things going against you to to win that many for sure. That's a really good point that you bring up. Uh, he won. Jordan won five of them. Yes, that's what you, that's, a, that's a really valid point. Six, six is the most, and that was uh, Kareem Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, correct yes. for the Lakers. So, um, so you've got the under, and we're uh, both Greg and myself are taking the over on this one. We'll see what happens. I think he'll probably win seven of them, just because he's only twenty-eight years old. I didn't get verification on that, but I think that's how old he is. Do we do we know for uh, sure? Just a second. I think he's 28 years old, but he's still young enough that he's got at least five or six good seasons left in him. He is 28. He's 28 years old. So, so, um, so we'll see if he can keep stay healthy. That's the that's the main thing. If he stays healthy, I think there's no doubt doubt he's going to get at least one more, and possibly two. Uh, but he'd have to get three to get the over. So um, we'll we'll see how that shapes up. So we both have the Heat beating the Bulls. The Bulls sort of busted their their they busted it already with. With the Bucks in the first, or pardon me, the the Nets, they they took it there. So we both have the Heat beating the Bulls. Now let's move over to the other side, which is interesting because OKC was about to get beat. OKC was about to get beat, in, and they came they came back and and killed it. Houston Houston put it on them there for a game or two, and then they came back and took care of business. Then they come out of the gate last night and they go to a two point game with the Grizzlies, two point game, and the Grizzlies, you know, were. They were one seed less than than the Clippers. That was a great series. That was back and forth for a minute, and then the, the Grizzlies squeezed out of there uh, in, in Game Six, like the, all the other ones. So we have OKC against the Grizzlies. OKC is already up one, still with no Westbrook. Does the Grizzlies? Did the Grizzlies stand a chance of of upsetting a, after a one nothing deficit? I mean, I think they stand a chance with with the without you know with Thunder not having Westbrook, but. I think I think Kevin Durant has enough to to put the thunder on his back and and pull him through. Which is exactly what he did in game 1. He led in points, rebounds, and assists. He was he was the leader across the board. And uh you you're you're correct. He is he is a freak. And also it should be noted that that he could possibly go into that discussion to keep LeBron from getting six and a half and beating the over under cuz there's going to be discussions for him a few of these years, I'd imagine. He's 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 got all the tools to be MVP, doesn't he? I think so. He's probably got to get. He probably has to get a little better defensively. That's that, that's his. I think that's what really puts LeBron over the top when it comes to the MVP MVP discussion. Is not only his dominance on the offensive end, but I mean he's a legitimate candidate he's, for Defensive Player of the Year. So, well, very good point. He's and a lot of people for, for the beginning of LeBron's career didn't didn't tout his defensive skills quite as much as they they do now. He's he's definitely he's definitely one of the best, if not the best, defensive player, and uh, that's a part of why I believe in the over in that equation too as well because he's got the, he's got sort of the all the tools you need. So. Um, we're going to uh, we're going to get to a break here real quick, and we come back. We're going to we're going to we're going to pick this game, and then we're also going to talk about the Spurs and Warriors on the flip side of the break here on fourteen fifty. This is the Big Nasty Show, and also fourteen fifty thesportsbuzz.com.
the Cinderella. Old school, bringing it back. It's a little dreary outside. I just stepped outside for a little breath of fresh air, and it's a little dreary outside. So real quick, to, uh, this uh, the next segment is going to be brought to you by Saints here in, in Louisville. Saints is uh, 131 Breckenridge, Breckenridge Lane. It's 891-8883. I tell you what, they got the best happy hour in Louisville. Just stop in there at Saints and uh, relax. Check out their big screen TVs, their new sounds. they got a great new menu. Uh, Saints and St. Matthews is the place to be. So real quick, DJ Yates, let's revisit our picks here. OKC beats the Grizzlies. I think so. I agree. Um, does it go seven games? Um, it might. It I, might. I think it might. It might because they're they're down Westbrook. That could be a, a huge factor. And then we've got Spurs Warriors. Warriors are playing hot. That series actually starts tonight at nine thirty. Who wins this series? The Spurs are the the Warriors are hot right now, but I think the Spurs might have a little too much for them. A little too much, a little too much class, if you would. So, um, speaking of class, I, I I got a caller on the line. Marty, you on there, buddy? How are you? Hey, Marty, what's going on, man? All right. Hey, uh, so this is Marty Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum, also uh, brother of uh, Paul McGee, who's a one of the gr- most uh, touted horsemen on the backside there for you. Um, I wanted to first start off with saying that um, I uh, apologize. My my stupid self didn't listen to you, or actually, I left a little early for the. Uh, you gave me your your brother's horse in the last race there on Oaks Day, and I, I got. Did. I was. I'm even dumber, Nate. I didn't bet on it myself. I got. I went tapioca because of some uh, thirty-eight to one shot went in the Oaks, and then I was busy writing about the Oaks for the racing form, and I looked up at the board, and she was two to one, and I said, ah. I'm not going to go get some more money, and of course she wins and pays almost three to one. So uh, yeah, yeah, seven eighty. I saw I saw it last night or the night before. I saw it when I was. This is a crazy. I mean, you 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 were out there the whole weekend as well. So you know you know as well as I do how crazy it was out there. It's a it's a it's a spectacle like no other. The Oaks and Derby days is it not? No, it's it's a mob scene, especially when it's raining. I mean, everybody is cramped indoors, and uh, the location of the new media box. I had to go back and forth quite a bit trying to spend some quality time with, uh, you know, my girlfriend and family and all that. And, uh, you know, I also have to work. Yeah, well, <laughs> what, 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 that's so, it's, uh, that sucks. Why would, you, why would you have to work, you know? that's <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, my brother, he won the last race on Derby night, too, and I didn't have that one either, but I did crush the Derby. So, you, you're, talking about, well. you're talking about column with Raphael Bejarano up? Yeah, that's he was 8-1. to one. I was too dumb to bet straight to win. I got real... Fancy and missed all the tries. So uh, oh, I see. Well, I actually hit the. I actually hit the. I had a really good day on Oaks, and then I had a a, a decent day on Derby. Uh, the rain was kind of a damper because I I had the, a little suit on and it wasn't too good for the rain. And every time I'd go out there, I'd get soaked, and it was just like heavy on me. But uh, I I did. I was going to ask you which uh, before if if that horse how that did in the thirteenth there that day because I didn't play. I just played the pick four finishing in the Derby, which worked out pretty well for me, but. So. Yeah, I, I had it for more than a dollar too. Well, more than a dollar. I, I loved Delaney. I loved Wise Dan. They were easy to to love. And uh, you know, and started I, but, started with Stephanie's kitten and uh, scatter shot of the Derby and smashed it with the orb. Yeah, and it's certainly not. Um, it's certainly not. Uh, doesn't take a. It doesn't take a handicapper like yourself or myself to to put that together because those are three. Of, those are exactly how I did it. I just you know I was sitting there thinking to myself, boy, I wish I would have singled Delaney or is it Delaney? I'm Delaney. not sure. Delaney, yeah. And then also Wise Dan. But I actually used point of entry and then the three horse in that race um, on, on Derby Day. The three horse was 
does that Raphael Bejarano, or pardon me, the six horse the, with Raphael Geronimo. Ger- I thought there may be a chance, but then, of course, there was a late scratch from point of entry, and uh, that pretty much made it a one-horse race. And I said to myself, you know, I should have singled that horse, but then again, it's like, well, the way they finished, it wouldn't have made any difference. It wouldn't have made yeah, it. Why is, Dan, why is Dan was awesome? I mean, Absolutely. How impressive is that? Is that the best? That's the best, you know, obviously older horse uh, in the country. Yeah, I always, you know, I vote in that uh, NTRA poll that you'll see in, the, in various publications, and um, I always make it a point, whoever wins the Derby, the next week I have him number one, because he is the Derby winner, and uh, so I've got Orb number one and White at Dan number two, and I don't know who's number three, because those are, to me, those are the two horses right now that have really captured the fancy of, of the public. And what about uh, and what about Tom Amos' horse, the Delaney? That's a That's a nice horse there, boy. Yeah, I talked to him. I talked to Tom this morning because one, for a number of reasons. One, uh, we're trying to figure out if my Lute, who was fifth in the Derby, is going to run back to the Preakness. And he said that tomorrow afternoon, give him a call around four because he's going to have a confab with the owners of my Lute to figure out if they're going to run or not. Yeah, he's actually going to. He's actually calling in here. We're going to talk to him later on in the second second hour too. Uh, oh, so, okay. so maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a look, maybe he'll have a little more insider take. But like you said, he's probably, he's probably not going to decide till tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's true on that. And then for Delaney, I'll let him tell you what he was going to tell you. But uh, you know, it's, it's not they want to they want to win the Breeders' Cup Sprint. I mean, he's arguably the best six furlong horse in the country right now. So uh, well, we're going to work backward from that. That certainly was impressive. And and of course, you know, they've got the the besides Joel Rosario, they've got the now jockey and Rosie Napravnik on top on him as well. So she's, you know, she's got a pretty hot hand too. Not as hot as Joel, but um, they're both classy. I mean, she's a, she's a class act and so is Joel. So, you know, you can't, you can't really, it's tough to feel anything but good for both of them because they're both, you know, they're both really cool kids, you know? Well, the thing is about uh, Joel, of course, Slayed him at Keeneland and then Derby Week and then the Derby, but he's left. He's already in New York. Rosie, on the other hand, she's supposed to stay here through the end of the meet, which is June thirtieth. So we'll get it. We'll get to see her in action for the next, uh, you know, seven or eight weeks or so. See, I didn't even realize that jo- Joel. I, I was uh, talking to him after he won the Derby trial on uh, on the, the um, not the Derby. Tri- yeah, he was on. The, he, he won the Derby trial. He won five races that night. Yeah, I he talked won to, the Derby trial for Pletcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Pletcher. That's okay. As we were talking about Pletcher uh, yesterday, I was on uh, TV with Greg Brom last night, and we were talking about Pletcher and if he was the biggest disappointment or, or that was the biggest disappointment to him in the Derby and such. And I said, well, let's refl- let's flash back to the Oaks because he won the Oaks on a on a bomber, um, and then you know he he won the Derby trial, so he's he's having a really good week. He just didn't win the Derby, you know. Yeah, he also won the Lexington. He also won the. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> there saying. Was a, long, a list as long as your arm of the stakes he won in the, with the three year olds this year. But the bottom line is, Nate, he's one for 36 in the Derby right now. I'm, I'm sure he's not real fond of that stat. No, he's not. He, he, he wants to get off the snide with that. Uh, a lot of people that don't know Pletcher, they see him and they kind of think that he might be a little, little uh, standoffish or, you know, kind of a. Uh, too good to do interviews and stuff, but if actually the few times I've talked to him, he's actually been a really classy guy. He is a real nice guy. I yeah. like him a lot. He's real text friendly too. So yeah, uh, I know it's it's crazy, yeah. and, and that's and that's what that's part of what I love about the horse racing business. And this is again, we're talking with Marty McGee here from Daily Racing Forum. Um, as you know, on the inside, the most of the people in 
the the business of horse racing, the horsemen, the jockeys, the trainers, the owners, they all are pretty much they're all accessible. You know, there's nobody that's really like Tom Amos. I, I sent him a text earlier today, say you want to call and talk about the Derby this weekend. He said he texted me right back and said no problem. What time? You know, it's like you don't see that in any other professional business. You know, understand what I'm saying? Well, when I went to UK, I graduated in 1982. Nate, I was the sports editor for the uh, Kentucky Colonel then, and I found out real quick. I liked horse racing more than football and basketball anyway, but the way the football and basketball players treated me as their fellow student was not nearly as nice as the horsemen out at Keeneland. So that that was one of the many things that put me in the direction that I ended up going in. There you go. And and so how long have you been writing, Marty? And, uh, and, and I'm for- 28 years as a professional. I've, I've, that, the uh, Derby on Saturday was my 40th in a row that I've attended. 40 derbies in a row. Mm-hmm. So that means you're... You're uh, somewhere around forty years old, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, my dad. My dad wouldn't let me go until I was in high school. So oh, okay. So well, we, we won't do any numbers then. But I tell you what, regardless, <laughs> whatever, regardless of what that number is, I tell you what, you kept it together pretty well, Marty. You're certainly not. You certainly don't look uh, any older than what I am, and I'm I'm getting to be an old man myself. So, <laughs> but uh, so anyway, Thanks, let's let, let's let's recap the Derby a little bit. I mean, everybody knows everybody knows who the winner of the Derby was, and and the the huge move that he made. Um, uh, we, we we saw uh, Mike Smith and Palace Malice go out to an un you know an unfathomable fraction in the beginning of the of the Derby. Yeah, and that was real. That was really odd. I mean, nobody would have thought at the three quarter pole, you know, with, with six furlongs to go, that Palace Malice would then four or five on top or whatever he was. And, and Mike, you know, Mike said as much. You know, they put these little cheater blinkers, is what they call them, those tiny little cups, to try and make them focus more. And Mike said once he took hold of the bit, he just could not get him to slow down. That you know that was, he really he was really a prime example of a horse who who did too much too early. Yeah, and, and for those that don't know, they're out there listening. Blinkers are actually uh, it's like sort of a it's like a hat kind of a hood face a face hood if you would they put over these horses to keep them focused. There's a couple different kinds. They can have like a, a two sided one or like one sided. There's several different kinds, but. The basic idea is to keep them focused and sort of unanxious, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, just, yeah, more focused. It's generally to get them a little more speedier, more into the race, so that they're not looking around. You know, they can, the the range of a horse's eyesight is is very broad. I mean, they can see behind them and everything. So they want to kind of cover that up, just get them looking ahead. And when that, you know, obviously that backfired in the case of Palace Malice, even though. Sometimes they have these huge cups that they can only kind of see just real little bits of, of what's in front of them. Yeah. And these were just kind of like what they call quarter cups, but nonetheless. Uh, he said the <laughs> horse know, like was Mike tough to keep. I, I, I couldn't take all of it. Yeah, he said, he said he's, yeah, and he, he, he kind of was, you, you could see he was sort of remorseful in a sense that he, he took sort of some of the blame, but then he also, you know, he said that he just wanted to run, and, and uh, you know, that's, a lot of people forget these are these are these are babies. These are young young men essentially, and and uh, you know their palace malice had what five races, six races before yeah. five races. So right, they you know, don't it's... have an accelerator or a brake. <laughs> no, either. there's no neither nor neither or. So, um, <laughs> so so tell me, uh, uh, I personally all week was all about Normandy invasion. I got to talk to Chad Brown on the backside. I got to meet the horse and and you know pet the horse, feed him some of my. Uh, oats and apple candies that I have and stuff like that. I loved the horse. I thought he would get a good trip. At the top of the stretch, I was ecstatic. I thought I thought it was his year. For a split second at the top of the stretch, 
and then uh, then I think he may have moved Javier may have moved him a little too soon. Do you agree with me on that? Well, I mean, yeah. I, in hindsight, of course I do. Um, but I always say, give me the lead at the eighth ball, and I'll I'll take my chances from there. I thought the horse ran a tremendous race. And as a matter of fact, uh, this is something I just saw on Twitter about a half an hour ago. Nate is that Chad had initially ruled out. Normandy invasion to run back in the Preakness, but now I think he's reconsidering it a little bit, and uh, that was reported by our David Grenning with the Racing Forum. Oh, cool! So and that's, I think that's a good fit for him. That, uh, that Normandy invasion, who was forced, uh, could could actually come back in the Preakness as opposed to what they said initially was no. And Chad's a really, I mean, this was his first Derby chance, and he puts it forth a, a fourth performance in on his first Derby time chance, and he and he's a really, I mean. Of course, you know this because you're on the inside as well, writing for Daily Racing Forum, and I've got a good good handle on it as well. But he's a he's a sort of an underrated or unknown kind of trainer for the most part, you know. Unless well, you're in the New is, York scene, he is right in this area, uh, Nate. But over in California, not California, in New York, in South Florida, he's really hot. I mean, he's really become uh, got a lot of deep pocketed clients. I'd like to see my brother get some of the clients. Chad's got, you know, in his relatively short time, but uh, um, I mean, he's got some big money guys behind him, and, it, you know, his career arc right now is such that if he doesn't win a derby, it's going to be almost like Fletcher. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's really come a long way in a, in a relatively short time. Yeah, I, I really, I love, I like the move that that horse made, and I thought he was, until I heard uh, the first call from um, Colmus, from Larry Colmus, the first call uh, about the top of the of the of the stretch drive there, where he said Orb is you know Orb is starting to move from the back. He just mentioned it something along those lines, and then I saw it, and it was like every stride he was literally catching like half of half a length on a hor- each of the horses, and it was pretty clear that unless he fell over, he was it was his race to lose. So yeah, um, I was watching from the eighth fold. You know they moved the press box, so I said you know what the heck I'll watch it from right here. I I remember watching the the eighty four Derby from right where I was, and. uh Right at the eighth pole is where Orb was absolutely flying past everybody, and he was just then making the lead. And I said, "Go on with it." You, of course, uh, you used him, right? Oh yeah, he was my pick on on top. You know, I, I don't like picking the favorite, but I've kind of adopted the saying that there is no favorite in the Derby anymore with a five to one choice. Right, five exactly. to one, you would take that on. Well, you know, and sometimes that's a fifth choice in the race. Is, uh, well, and the pick four. And pick four on Derby Day, when you consider Stephanie's kitten, Doulinay, Wise Dan, and Orb. They paid three fifty eight for a deuce. Exactly. And and any other day of the week, if you're talking about claiming races and allowance races on a normal betting day on a Thursday, you're not going to get that. You're going to get yeah, that, yeah. that. That pick four is going to pay $150, $200 for a deuce. Yeah, it was 7 to 2, uh, 9 to 5, 3 to 5, and 5 to 1. So, it, yeah, you're right. Exactly. So. Pay. I'm gonna pay three fifty eight for for two dollars. So. Well, I had that for I had that twice. So I had a fifty center twice. So that that worked out pretty good for me. And, and like I said on the Oaks Oaks Day, I had a real good day. So it was a good good wagering weekend all the way around. I actually was was cheering hardcore for both Dallas Stewart's horse, who I threw in as a bomber, which which is crazy that he got up. To, you know, hats off to to Dallas because Dallas is another class act in, in the game, and he's local. So it was nice to see him and Robbie Alvarado make some noise there and finish, get up for second. Absolutely.
agree. I had him and I had Normandy Invasion both as of the set. I used seven horses to finish the Derby because that's my that was my approach. I was going to either single wise Dan or I was going to use point of entry wise Dan and the mystery horse, which is what I ended up doing. Um, plus, I think I don't know how that works with the second leg. If you they scratch point of entry and I already had started my pick four. And I um, hit the. You're, you're supposed to get wise Dan, so you you might you, have you cashed your ticket yet? No, it's it's at the house. I was going to cash it on uh, Wednesday or Thursday or Thursday, I guess. I'm pretty sure you're getting more than you think because um, it automatically defaults to the favorite. So plus, so I get the I get the winning ticket that that it's already a winning ticket. Plus, I get yeah. that scratch interest. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. You'll, you'll well, get them both. that'd be great. You'll get them both. Yeah. yeah you're you're gonna get more than you thought. Well, that's good. I, I, more more is always better. So, um, so so <laughs> just give me a, real quick here. Give me a uh, give me a couple uh, standouts, both Oaks and Derby, that uh, impressed you and and really really made that you may not have suspected, but they impressed you, and then also a couple disappointing efforts. Well, the Oaks um, on the Oaks undercar, we had. Take, take charge, Indy really had his breakout race. I wow, wasn't burn the next morning? Wasn't and, that uh, impressive? He got the highest buyer speed figure of the whole Oaks card. I think it was a one hundred and nine, mm-hmm. and so he's almost for sure going to run him back with Rosie in the uh, Stephen Foster. I forgot Rosie was up on him. Yeah, that's another race that Rosie had a big weekend, man. Yeah, she did, and uh, you know that's something we've got look, to look forward to is, is the uh, Foster undercard, the Foster and and the undercard. Uh, there's Number six. That's June fifteenth. June fifteenth. I was going to just yeah. ask you that. Yeah. Yeah, and then I thought, uh, I don't know. I, why, I'm just so enamored with Wise Dan. I, I made it a point when Charlie was coming back after uh, he ran to say, "Hey, Charlie," and he came over and gave me a big bear hug, and I said, "I love that horse." Oh, I know. He's it, just so cool. I mean, the way he's just Charlie's kind of taking it. He's taking a conservative approach to getting back to the Breeders' Cup mile. He's going to run him. At, Saratoga, and then uh, Woodbine, and then Keeneland, and I think that's about it, Nate. So and this is and this is Charles Lepresti that uh, Marty's talking about. This is Marty McGee we're talking with here from the Daily Racing Forum. Uh, he's also got a brother. If you if you've heard anything about the horse racing game, is Paul McGee too. So, and you know what I find most interesting about Wise Dan? He comes from blue collar pedigree. Absolutely, he's by uh, Wiseman's Ferry. Yeah, Wiseman's Ferry. I mean, I don't he's even like I, a, he's like a second tier New Yorker. Yeah, that's that. What that, and that's what, and that's what makes horse racing so cool in terms of like the whole buying and selling of horses or trying to find a horse if you're an owner. That's what makes it so cool. You know, I don't know, and maybe you know when they purchase that horse or if it's a homebred. I I don't really know. Do you do you have any, any idea about that? Yeah, Wise Dan's a homebred owned by a Chicago businessman named Morton Fink, and he also bred. Um, Successful Dan out of the same mare, so they're half brothers. Successful Dan is seven, wise Dan is six. Yeah, we saw successful Dan run out at Keeneland on the, one of the last days of the meet there, and that was a freakish performance, too. Yeah, those are a couple of really great racehorses. Wow, that's, so, that's, I'm, that's... I'm happy for Charlie. He's paid his dues. He's been around more than 20 years here in Kentucky, so uh, yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. Yeah, he's he's a good horseman too. So, uh, yeah, we uh, it was it's, they are both both fantastic horses. So, um, any disappointments for you on uh, Derby or Oaks Day? Uh, I, I mean, obviously, the Pletcher you have to think is a little disappointed in in just the third place Revolutionary. Yeah, I mean, I liked Palace Malice. He obviously he blew his race, but uh, and I and I liked Overanalyze. He had some minor excuses, but really not even not even a factor. But Verrazano to have been unbeaten and had been kind of the consensus favorite 
as the morning line horse and then uh, to be overtaken by Orb and then just throw in such a – he was the last of the five Fletcher horses to check in. It's just kind of – it's almost become a little bit predictable that a horse who is so lightly raced and kind of babied into the race um, is going to – Get beat Run up in like the race. That. It's kind of it's kind of become almost expected, which yeah. is kind of disappointing. You know, and, and that's back why back in the day they used to run twelve, fifteen times. Now they run them four or five, and then sure. they show up and do that, and it kind of shows their colors. And then one last thing: we were, I was talking with Greg Brom last night on the sports uh, sports buzz Sunday sports buzz on Channel Twenty One, and uh, we were saying we were talking about the Derby, the actually the Triple Crown sequence, and he suggested the possibility of moving back another week between the Derby and the Preakness, and that would give it three weeks between both all three legs of the races. What's your thoughts on this, Marty? My thoughts are that's been talked about many, many, many times, and that's Memorial Day weekend, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't uh, work. Especially for the people in, in Maryland. You know, I worked before I went to the Forum in 92. I was with the Baltimore Sun for seven years, so I'm very, very familiar with all the inner workings of the Preakness up there. And, I got gotcha. uh, that's not going to happen. Well, there I mean, you go. There's the insight. Ideally, that would work, but, uh, you know, once you set out the, the logistics of it, Nate, it, it, it doesn't. Okay, Marty. Well, listen, buddy, I wanted to thank you for, for calling in and giving me, a, giving me a little insight here today. Uh, I always, uh, to Marty McGee from the Daily Racing Forum is, if you want to get some horse racing information, that's the place to get. Check out his column at, uh, DR, is it DRF.com? Is that how they can find yeah. it? Just DRF.com. Um, and uh, I look forward to seeing you out there in the weeks to come, and maybe we can give each other a horse here before too long and make a, make a little of that coin, because that's what it's all about, right? That's right. Sounds all right. good, Nate. All right, thank Marty. You. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right, we're going to take a quick break here for, on 1450thesportsbuzz.com. This is The Big Nasty Show. Surrounded by mortal men up in this joint, I tell you what. Every time that bacon slithers his way into this box over here, it's it's arousing. Let's just leave it at that. It is arousing. Makes me feel strange things I haven't felt in a while. DJ Yates, how's it going, buddy? I, I always every time I have a phone call, I feel like I'm leaving you out over there. Sorry, right, I'm good. I know you are. I know you are. You're. Uh, you're more than good, DJ Yates. More than good. This guy multitasks for 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Little Megadeth bringing us back from the break. Well played. I like me a little little Megadeth. I don't know if it's best to, to lead into the golf conversation that we're going to have, but, uh, you know, it, it is it is here. So um, they were playing golf this weekend, and Phil Mickelson, was it was his tournament to lose if you didn't see it. He was coming down the stretch. He got to about the 14th hole, and he pulled a fill, as they dubbed it these days. Yeah, that's pretty much the story of Phil Mickelson's career, yeah, isn't it? Pretty much. Although he did have a couple of years where he sort of shook that monkey off his back, 
and he was successful. He won the Masters. Um, he won some of the bigger tournaments. Uh, he, right when he right when he seems like he's reached his pinnacle, he pulls a maneuver like this. I mean, he had a two-stroke lead. All he really had to do was par out the last four holes. He had all he had to do was par out, and he would have won the tournament. Well, he went double bogey, bogey, par bogey, or something like that, and ended up finishing third. Um, but you you have to salute you have to salute uh, Derek Ernst. He's a he's a 22 year old kid. He just won he just won a, a major golf tournament, which means that now it, this was the Quail Hollow Golf Club, the Wells Fargo Championship, six point seven million dollars, which he probably got about a million dollars out of the deal. You get about a million dollars to win any tournament nowadays, give or take. But now he's also exempt from the Masters. He's exempt from the U.S. Open. He's exempt from this tournament for life. He got his. He he can play in the Players next week. He's twenty-two years old. Twenty-two years old. He's not much younger than you are, David. Not much younger than you are. Not a bad week. Not a bad weekend. A week. I don't know, so, but uh, David Lynn finishes second. Uh, they actually had a, They had to go to a, a tiebreaker or a playoff, sudden death playoff, and which uh, Derek Ernst pretty much. He parred the hole, and David Lynn got in trouble. He hit the ball and out left in the fairway, and then he hit across to the bunker and then got in trouble and then finished a bogey or double bogey. And at that point, it was a foregone conclusion that uh, Derek Ernst was going to be your winner. So he finished with a 280. He went 67, 71, 72, and 70 for a total of 280, uh, which is a really nice thing here. Um we're gonna have uh, on the flip side of the flip side of the hour. We've got um, we've got one of the one of the horse racing specialists going to be calling in. Uh, one of the jockeys is gonna. We're gonna to talk to him, Brian Hernandez, on the flip side of the hour here. Um, we're gonna talk more about the Derby and how we're gonna get a jockey's inside perspective. And then later on, we're gonna to try to talk to Tom Amos, and he's gonna give us his thoughts on a couple of big horses he has. Um, we do have to get to another break here at the top of the hour uh, on, the, on the Big Nasty Show. It's the fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz and fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz dot com. It's time for the Big Nasty Show right here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. Yes, seems like I saw you last night, DJ Yates. It seems like we're working all the time, working all the time and getting rich. Boatloads of money rolling out of a home. I mean, working all the time, maybe. I don't know. About that second part. I don't know. I, when we left the, the TV station last night, I thought I saw dollar bills falling out of your pockets. <laughs> maybe I was delusional. <laughs> well, that's because I was I was out at the Churchill Downs facility all weekend, and uh, let's just say I was comfortably numb the whole time I was there. But what a great what a great weekend I had. So uh, on the fourteen fifty. Uh, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line is 384-1450. I got a caller on there right now. Uh, Brian, are you on there, buddy? Yeah. Brian yeah, Hernandez. Hey, Brian Hernandez Jr., what's happening, man? Oh, not a whole lot, y'all. Oh, we're doing good here. It's a little rainy, as as, as you know it was all weekend. So uh, uh, we, we, just, uh, we, didn't, we didn't have quite as much of an inside look as you did. That's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today. I, I was just looking at the Friday or, or and, and Saturday 
the card. So talk to me a little bit about uh, how your weekend went. I know you got uh, didn't have a mountain the Derby, but you had quite you had a few amounts on uh, Oaks and and Derby Day as well. So yeah, I rode a couple both days. I think I rode four on Friday and three on Saturday. They uh they didn't perform. One was third in the one filly was third in the eight bell. She ran a really big race, and the other ones they just kind of performed a little lackluster. Yes, I saw. I saw on Derby Day you had a, you had a mount in in the second race on Newbin Ridge for uh, Merrill Scherer, and then you didn't. If if I was if I saw this correct, then you you didn't ride again until the twelfth race on Silver Wings. Yeah, yeah. So it was a long day on Saturday. I was going to say. So tell me a little bit about that. What do you you just uh, shoot pool and play ping pong, or how do you keep yourself busy? I mean, I know leaving the jockeys' quarters or the jockeys' room is a, is is a tall order on those kind of days, especially when it was raining. Yeah, no, we just got, I got stuck in a jockey room all day and kind of just hung out all day, took a nap and chilled out, watched all the races. There was a lot of good races to watch, so oh, I know. it made the time go by past fast. Yeah, so, um, so let me, let me ask you from a jockey's perspective, which, uh, so what's, what's the, what's it like, the difference between running on a, on a track that's, that's coming up sloppy or muddy as opposed to running on the dirt? Uh, do you, do you, what, what, what things do you have to do differently as a jockey? Uh, I mean, it's a completely different element. You gotta, you gotta kind of know a little more of what horses are gonna like the mud and which ones won't, and gotta wear a couple more goggles and you're got to change equipment. You got to wear totally different pants and and everything else. It's just I saw the pants uh, are a little. The pants are like a little shinier and it looks like a little bit more of a rubber material. Yeah, yeah, they're plastic to where the water doesn't get through them. It just kind of bounces off of it. Is that the uh, idea? Yeah, it's more like a rain suit. Yes. Is it ever? Uh, I mean, have you uh, have you ever have you ever gone down or been thrown off of one in the mud? Yeah, yeah, a few times. It's it's a little soft. Sometimes it's a little softer than hitting the hard racetracks, but it just it depends on what kind of mud it is. I got gotcha. so, uh, you. So um, you 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 did you where did you watch the actual derby from? Did you watch it from the jocks room or did you come out? No, I watched it actually from the back room in the jocks room. Yeah, it was uh, was that what was the, what was? Tell me a little bit about that. I mean, I know there there was there's twenty or nineteen jocks out out in the race, so there was how many how many were back in the in the jocks room? Yeah, that's the funny thing. The jocks room derby during during the derby is probably the quietest place on Churchill Downs' property. There was only about six or seven of us left in there. All the valets were down saddling the horses and down by the track so there wasn't a whole lot of people in the in the room i got you so it was, it was you you found a nice peaceful place to sort of watch the watch the derby yeah exactly so, we me and Corey lannery and sean bridgeman we kind of sat in the back and we watched it on one of the tvs oh neither one neither 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 one of them had an amount i didn't okay no. oh, okay that's what we uh we uh we're gonna have to we're gonna get Corey out in the golf course you and i was so one of these week one of these days here and we're gonna we're yeah. gonna make that happen too so um so that's so you guys are you quietly were you were you sort of pulling for anybody in the race or did you think that did you did you have picks like I mean like everybody else did you have certain picks that you thought were going to be the winner? No, I mean it, it looked like a tough race and it seemed like the best horse won on Saturday. But the uh, of course I'm I'm really close to Calvin, so we were kind of rooting on him to get his fourth Derby, but wasn't meant to be this year. Well, I thought for a split second there, he, he did he did find his spot on the rail there, and uh, I thought for a split second he started to make a move, but at that point when he started to make a move, it was already pretty clear that Orb 
unless he was going to fall over or there was some type of traffic trouble, he was going to just kind of scoot by and move on, you know. Yeah, exactly, and that's, that's what a, it happened. That's an impressive racehorse, so. Yes, he is. He's a good horse. He's a, So are you going to be, uh, you planning on riding through uh, through the summer here at Churchill? Yeah, I'm here at Churchill through the summer, through uh, I think our last day is July, th- June 30th. So I'll be here and all then, summer. I'm, I'm a couple out of town commitments. We're going, I'm going next Saturday for Preakness and all that, but that'll be about it, I think. Are you are you riding in the Preakness or just Preakness Day pre-card? No, I'm going to ride one in the Preakness as well. Oh, yeah. who's Who are you up on in the Preakness? I'm going to ride the horse that I won the uh, Illinois Derby, Departing. Oh, Departing, yes. Oh, and I, you know, I, I, we were talking about playing golf the other day in the paddock, the first, first I'd seen you since you had got, uh, got back, um, and I forgot to congratulate you on that. Um, oh. Unfortunately, the Illinois Derby wasn't a part of the, and there's a lot of argument whether it should be or shouldn't be, uh, but as far as the, the championship series and the point series that they've put together this year? No, it wasn't. It was a it was a race that they it wasn't awarded any points. So this year they actually pushed it back to where it would be a prep for the Preakness rather than a prep for the Derby. Right, exactly. So did you did you have you ridden departed prior to the Illinois Derby? Yeah, I've ridden him uh, five times now. We've won four on him. Again, I'm talking with Brian Hernandez Jr. Do you prefer the junior part of the equation? I mean, it it doesn't really matter either one. I know they put yeah. you in the book. They put you in all the programs and books as Brian Hernandez Jr. But I, you know, it's yeah. You know, that's cause, that's because my dad still rides as well down in Louisiana. So they don't get so they don't get confused. So exactly. So if you were, you and your dad were in a match race together and you were riding the same horse, are you going to beat him or is he going to beat you? I'll try, but the last few times I've ridden against him, he's beaten me. <laughs> it's tough to say because yeah. yeah, it it's all it's a, it's all about the horse. So um, exactly. So uh, let, let's look forward to some of the some of the summer. Do you have a? Um, are you still you still acquainted with Fort Larned and Ian? Yeah, yeah, Fort Larned. He's still on. He's still at Churchill. He's training. He looks like he's going to run back in the uh, the Stephen Foster here at Churchill Stephen Foster night. So. Oh, that race looks like it's going to be one of the better races of the of the summer. Yeah, and that's uh, June fifteenth, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or July fifteenth. June fifteenth. Yeah, actually. June fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. That's what we. Were, I was just talking with Marty McGee from the Racing Forum a little bit earlier today. So, uh, so that, Fort Larned and then and uh, and what about uh, Neck and Neck? Is that horse close to coming back? Neck and Neck. Yeah, he's getting closer to coming back. He's uh he's still out on the form right now, but he's getting legged up, and he should be back. Sometime during this meet here at Churchill, I don't think we'll see him run until later in the summer. But now but he should be back. For um, for those that are listening that may not understand what you mean by by but explain legged up to to me and to them. Um, it's just like any other athlete coming off of an inter- injury. You know, before you can get back in the game, you gotta you gotta get your legs under you. You gotta work out and do all your training in the mornings, and and that's what they'll do. They'll take a couple months and get him prepared. And, and they call that leg. They call that legged up. Yes. Oh, cool. Call Interesting. Late. Very cool. So, uh, uh, what other any other uh, any other big horses or, or the things that you're really looking forward to leading up to them? I know they got a bunch of good allowance races and you know smaller smaller stakes. You know, grade twos and grade threes. A couple of them throughout. Um, yeah, we we got a few good horses coming up this summer. We got Lee coming back, a horse he won the Commonwealth last fall, and then this time of the year is always gets excited exciting too because our, the two year olds start racing now and. We'll be hoping to find a couple of good two-year-olds. To the go fresh, after. fresh crop of uh, two-year-olds. So, yeah. um, is uh, is uh, Ian Wilkes the the one of your, one of your main guys? Do we ride for? Yeah, 
Yeah, we're riding a lot for Ian Wilkes and Al Stahl and a lot of other guys back there at Churchill. We ride for just about everybody on the backside. So. Sure, and you never know who might be bringing, who might be, uh, which horse might be bringing you over the best results. You know, you never know. Exactly. That's, that's why you, you know have a good agent. Yeah, that's it. And who is who is your agent? You can get uh, Frank Bernice. Frank Bernice is your agent. Is he is he local or is he from down south? He's a local guy. He worked for a. Uh, he was assistant trainer for Tom Amos for like 20 years. Ah, Tom's actually going to – we're going to talk to Tom here in just a little bit. As soon as we're uh, done talking with you, we're going to chat with Tom about uh, a couple of his horses. Tom's a good guy too, so. Yeah, Tom had a big weekend. He had a big, huge weekend, so I, I he was – he was uh, I, I sent him a text earlier this morning actually on late notice, and he said no problem. He'd call in and chat with me, so um, – but uh, so we, uh, you and I, we we got a date tomorrow. If you can make it, uh, I got we can tee off at Oxmoor at about ten o'clock. If you're interested in playing a little golf, yeah, that sounds great. I got I got just got to work a couple in the mornings, and then I got the rest of the day free. So. Yeah, you know, I played with Jesus last week, and I will tell you what, he's not too bad. Jesus is pretty no, good golf. He's pretty good. You know who I played with? Go ahead. I'm sorry. He had a lot of time to play in the warm weather all winter in Florida. Yeah, I know, and uh, he's uh, they, they they gave him a few days off. Um, uh, right now, so he's he's got a few few days to play right at the, as we speak. So I played with him the other day, and I tell you who's really good. And uh, I'll just let you know this in case you're gonna unless you're gonna play him for a little stake or anything like that. But uh, Caleb from TVG. Oh, is he? Oh man, he's we we went out to um, we went out to Champions Point uh, and over here in, in Indiana, and he shot seventy three. Oh wow! At Champions Point. That's pretty that's, impressive. That's a tough course. That's it's it's tough enough. It's tough enough. Yeah, exactly. I, I was you know I was a little intimidated. I started hacking it around a little bit. And I don't think I br- <laughs> I, I didn't break eighty that day for sure. But um, but I'll I'll, I'll send you I'll, I'll text you and see uh, about the final arrangements for tomorrow. But I think that's the general game plan if if you can make it out there. So sounds good. Yeah, definitely. At t- to Oxmoor. So um, uh, you got uh, you got uh, loaded loaded cards uh, coming up this week. They know th- they're back on Wednesday or Thursday. They're just doing Thursday. Well, no, we're back on Thursday. We got a four day week, four day week off this week, and uh, we'll be back Thursday. I think they got double entry days tomorrow, so we'll know more about what we rise after tomorrow. I got you. And also, we um, the the big nasty show here is going to be going live from uh, in the media room right below the jocks room this meet on Fridays. So oh, great. yeah, so we'll uh, you know it'll be an open door, but it's going to be like my couch kind of. It's going to be like an open party for you guys. You know, anytime you want to stop by. And relax on the couch, uh, you know. Yeah, stop by and we'll, we'll shoot the shoot the breeze. So, um, so you uh, do you have any plans after uh, Derby or pardon me after the meet is over this year? Are you going to take a little break? Or are you head from there straight down to? Do you go up up to New York or? No, uh, we'll we'll kind of play it by ear, see how all these horses do throughout the Churchill meet, and then we'll we'll decide if we'll go to Saratoga or if we'll go to Ellis, or a little bit of both, right? Yeah, or a little bit of both. Hopefully, that'd be the best scenario. Do both of them. But yeah, we'll see. I've never been to Ellis, believe it or not. That's kind of crazy. Oh, you haven't? No, I'm gonna. I'm, it's gonna happen this year for sure. I, yeah. uh, I'm a little bit closer to the sport than I was a couple years ago, and, and last year I didn't have an opportunity to get out there. Uh, Ellis Park, for those of you who don't know, is is here. It's in Henderson, Kentucky, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, two hours west of. It's about Louisville. two hours. About two hours. It's a. It's a. They call it the pea patch. It's been endearingly yeah. quoted as the pea patch. So, uh, but we're, I'm going to get out there at some point this this year for sure. Um, since I know a lot of you guys now, and we want to, you know, that's a nicer. It's a. It's a sort of a lower level racing than Churchill, wouldn't you say? That's a safe assessment. Yeah, it is. It's a little bit lower. 
a little lower racing, but a lot of people from Churchill still do race there, so you get a lot of higher-end races. But it, at the same time, it is going on as at the same time as Saratoga. So Yeah, and Saratoga, of course, is up at Saratoga Springs, New York, and it's... Uh... You know, that's one of what I like to call the big three uh, in terms of racetracks. There's actually four racetracks now that I would consider as, and that being Bel- uh, Del Mar on the West Coast, Saratoga on the East Coast, and then, of course, Churchill and Keeneland. Those are yeah. kind of the big four tracks. So, yeah. um, so you got, uh, so anyway, so you, and you've been now, uh, you've, you've been, you've been married now for what, six months or longer than that, maybe? Uh, yeah, since September. It's been, Seems like it's been six years, but not about six months. <laughs> six, years, but in a good way, right? Yeah, of course. Of course, that's what I, I, I want to make sure that's clear. Uh, we, <laughs> so yeah, uh, so six months freshly. You, you're actually a newlywed, so that's interesting. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to see how that was going, and and you know, as always, buddy, I wanted to, to thank you for calling in and uh, chatting with me a little bit, giving me kind of the inside track. Was there any horses that you uh, were particularly surprised by or impressed by? Uh, on one sense, and then also, was there anything from this weekend that you thought was a shocker in a disappointing way? No, I mean, everything, they all kind of ran true to form today, uh, this weekend. The one horse that ran another big race was Wise Dan. He uh, he should get a lot of credit. I mean, he's horse of the year, and he just keeps showing up every time. He's huge. Have you, have you ever, um, he's been, uh, Lescano's been riding him all along, hasn't he, pretty much? The last two starts, because Johnny... Johnny had gotten hurt. Johnny Velasquez was riding him, and then he got hurt. And then the, this Saturday, he was supposed to ride another horse in that race, but uh, his horse ended up scratching the point of entry. How do you think Johnny feels about his decision to ride? And yeah, not, not, or, not Orb. Yeah, I'm I'm sure that was a hard decision to make, but he has. I mean, he's he's pretty loyal to Todd Pletcher, and sure, Todd well, put him on a lot of horses. So. Yeah, I mean, then those two, you know, there was a stretch there for two or three years at, at I know for sure at Saratoga and other places where they just dominated. Yeah, and and in Johnny's case, it's always hard to take off of an undefeated horse in Verrazano. Exactly, a young, albeit a young undefeated horse. Yeah. It's, it's tough yeah. to, but uh, I was, you have to think that the Pletcher team was a little disappointed in the, the effort from, from Verrazano. But yeah, then again, maybe he just didn't like the track. Yeah, exactly. It was a muddy racetrack, and First time he had to face a, a really big field, and like you said, he's a young horse, so he'll improve. Sure. All right, Brian. Well, listen, buddy. Hopefully, we uh, hopefully we can get uh, get the sticks out tomorrow, and and get, get and hopefully this weather will will lighten up on us a little bit. It's been it's been raining, but uh, it'll be nice and soft. And when we hit those, you know, I, I've never played with you before, but uh, from what I hear, you'll be you'll be throwing darts in there at the greens, the nice soft greens uh, with your irons. I don't know about that. Don't expect that. <laughs> I don't know, Corey. Lan- I talked to Corey Lannery and uh, Nakatani, and they, they 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 say that you're a sandbagger, and they and, and then uh, Jesus Casadon told me the other day that. Corey and I, Katani's a sandbagger, so I'm gonna get yeah. you all out there and beat all of you. Is what's gonna happen. There so. you go. <laughs> so. You'll be able to back everybody. <laughs> all right, buddy. Well, listen. Uh, but if I don't get a chance to see you tomorrow, um, I will. Uh, I'll see you this week out of Churchill, oh. and, and uh, we'll we'll get you. We'll definitely get you to revisit the show in the in the media room there when we uh, get it up and running. So that sounds good. Thanks for calling, bud. I'll talk all to right, you soon. Thank you. Thanks all right, buddy. All right, okay. talk to you soon. All right, we're going to take a quick break here on The Big Nasty Show on 1450 and 1450 The Sports Buzz, and we'll be right back.
Ah, welcome back. Welcome back to the Big Nasty Show here on 1450thesportsbuzz.com. I wanted to tell you, um, if you're ever injured or you know someone who is injured, then you need to contact Nick Stahl, nicksteinlaw.com. It's 948-6002 or nicksteinlaw.com. He's right over here in New Albany. Um, they, they usually don't have to go to court, but if they do, they will get the job done, I can assure you of that. Nick Stein and Amy Wheatley, 948-6002. Um, we're just talking on a rainy day post derby here, and I've, on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line, I'm going to go to that right now. I've got uh, Tom Amos on the line. Are you there, Tom? I am, Nate. How are you? I'm doing great, buddy. Uh, not not quite as good as you. Uh, it's kind of a kind of a really really sweet little bit of bitter weekend, I guess, probably for you. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, it was a good weekend overall. I'm a, I'm a half glass full. Kind of guy, so that, it was a good weekend. Yeah, it certainly was. I was. Uh, uh, did you uh, have you sort of recuperated from the the Derby hangover, if you would? You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I just got home from work, and of course, the day starts early for us, and that's all of us out there at the track. So we're up at four, and we get out there about you know quarter to five. And I just got home. Uh, ordinarily, I get home a little earlier than this, but there were still some things to do that involved kind of wrapping up. Uh, the weekend, of course, it wasn't just the Derby, but all the horses that ran that weekend. So, oh, yeah. We're um, going to talk about all them here in just a sec. Yeah. So anyhow, everything's good. I'm, I'm glad to be home, and I'm probably going to get a little rest right now. I was going to say, you. after you're done after you're done chatting with me, it's nap time, isn't it? That's a very, <laughs> it might be. I'll tell you. It's like an old man, but that's about right. Well, you're not. You're certainly not an old man, and, I, and I've seen you. For those those that haven't seen Tom Amos, uh, he is an LSU fan, but more, more he's more well-known for his horse training skills, but he's also on TVG. <laughs> he's still doing the TVG stuff as well, correct? I am. There uh, you I go. I still so. work for TVG. I work for them during the Kima meets and during the Breeders' Cup. And used to do it for the Derby, but uh, we're, we're, we're not uh, on a friendly basis with Churchill Downs anymore, so we're, we're not allowed in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, some of, the, some of the guidelines. We'll just leave it at that. How about that? That's fine. Uh, yeah, so uh, again, talk. This is Tom Amos. Uh, we, um, I wanted to commend you on on one of the horses that uh, I, I used as a single in my pick four in the Derby sequence. This uh, is it pronounced Delaney. Uh, Delaney. De- Delaney. And, uh, Delaney. What an impressive. This is, uh, it's a, <laughs> a, a uh, this is a, a smoke glacken horse oh, uh, that you had Rosie Napravnik up um, in right. the in the. Um, the Churchill Downs, which is a great, was a grade two, four hundred thousand dollar race, which is a big, you know, that's a Correct. that's a beautiful race. Uh, tell oh, me a little yeah. bit about this uh, gelding. Well, uh, you know, it, it started last year, uh, right around this time. I claimed him in May of this past year, and so what claim means is that he was entered in a race where if anyone was willing to put up forty thousand dollars, they could buy him out of the race. You claimed him for uh, Maggie I Moss. I did claim him for Maggie Moss, and uh, he was a horse that was very consistent at that class level. So when we did, when we put the money to buy him out of the race, we felt that we were getting a horse that could be competitive at the $40,000 level. Maybe we could make him a little bit better. So uh, we did. We claimed him at that level, and he has become, you know, arguably the best spur in the country. And um, in becoming the best spur in the country, the purse money that he runs for is much higher, and we do not put him in claiming race anymore. You just touched on it. Uh, the race this past weekend was a four hundred thousand dollar race. So the winner share uh, that Delaney made was uh, well over uh, two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's you awesome, know? you know. And yeah. uh, 
and that's uh, also not not bad coin for the trainer. Uh, we won't we don't have right. to talk about the no, specifics, absolutely. but yeah, that's a that's a nice the thing. The logical question, of course, is well, what the heck happened that made a horse that's you know certainly competitive but more of an ordinary brand all of a sudden become one of the top horses in the country? And um, you know that is a tough question to answer. To be honest, well, I've with got the name. answer. I've got the answer to Go that. Go ahead. That horse went into the the gentle but educated hands of Mr. Tom Amos. <laughs> I mean, what, what, job as a publicist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I've got my hands in everything, Tom. Don't 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 you worry about that. I've got, so you never know. You never know. You might look over your shoulder one day, and they're they're all be uh, helping you out. Uh, who knows? <laughs> so, uh, but and how hot is Rosie right now? Well, she's 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 a terrific rider. Uh, you know, you know, she came down to the fairgrounds three years ago, and uh, and I didn't know her from any other rider there. And you know, look. It, it, it's a man's world, the track is. And so here is a girl coming around the racetrack in New Orleans looking for horses to ride. And uh, Is that how she did it? She that, just, she yeah, just hit the path. They're never, they're never well received. Never. No. But, uh, but, but the opportunity she got, she made the most of, and it wasn't long before she started really opening people's eyes. And uh, so when I would we, say by March of that year, uh, I knew she was a top rider. And, and when did I you first ride her? I used her a little bit right away uh, in probably February, March of that year. And in the following year, uh, I started using her more. And this past year at the fairgrounds was probably the most we've done together. So how that, uh, how's that? How's that shake down? Did she like? Did her agent come to you and for those first couple miles, or did she actually come to you by herself? Well, let me let me be clear. I didn't. I wasn't the one that started her off. I watched her success with other people before I tried her. Oh, okay. And that's how okay. it and that's how it happens a lot of times. Uh you know, and so uh I certainly wasn't the one to test the waters with her. But I could see watching her ride that that she was really a top, top rider. So well, uh, obviously... I, I I just jumped on the bandwagon. How about that? Well there you go. Yeah. Hey, there's you know what I mean, that's there's nothing wrong with humility, my friend. Nothing wrong with it at all. Yeah. If that's <laughs> and you know, it's 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 it, the only person right now that's, in in my opinion, or from my perspective, is Joel Rosario is the only one hotter than her right now, or as hot as her. I mean, yeah, Joel. He's hotter than she is. I mean, he, he's really he just won the Kentucky Derby. He's he put up a meet at Keeneland. I don't think I've seen him in my lifetime. I know. Well, him, of, uh, him, and him and the Ramses and Maker, and they all had a pretty impressive meets out of the, out of Keeneland this year. It was it was. I don't think there was a day that went by at Keeneland that I didn't see Ken Ramsey's. Smiling <laughs> choppers in the winter circle. You know? <laughs> he's a, he's <laughs> a crazy cat. I know. He gave me uh, he gave me uh, his card and the, the pins, the little Ramsey pins that he that they <laughs> towed around. He, he gave me that. Is like uh, he's a trooper. But you know, you got to give you you have to sort of salute someone like that that started from from next to nothing and sort of worked themselves you know into his story. I don't know if you know his story, but you know, I, I used to work. For, I did some work for him, so I do know his story. I, I do, but he go, go a, ahead. Yeah, he was a guy that. Uh, that was always looking for, you know, the way to, to make it to great financial success. And he uh, he actually put a bid in, or many bids in, the lotteries for telephone, cellular telephone territories. And uh, he looked up the rules and used a lot of his relatives to put uh, bids in as well, and he won a few territories. And uh, this was when cell phones were just starting. He yep. had the foresight to realize what was coming. And winning those territories and then developing those territories along with major uh phone companies that wanted to you know have a piece of that is is what led him to doing what he loves which is you know owning breeding uh thoroughbred racehorses and how lucky did he and and how fortunate and lucky at the same time was he to have kittens joy in his barn and and, 
All you got to give him credit. Yeah. I mean, no one, no one. That was a homebred. Supported that horse when he went to stallion. When Kitten's Joy became a stallion, no one was looking to breed to him. So he had zero commercial success. And Cam Ramsey used his own mares. Yeah. Uh, and made him as a stallion. Now, now he's a very popular stallion. Exactly, and and that's. Uh, I'm actually going to go out there one of these days uh, when things die down a little bit and and see Kitten's Joy and see the whole operation he's got out there because you know, like I said, you got he, he did if, if whatever you think about the guy, he he put it all together on his own. And and he did. And uh, you know, it was hit, and now it's 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 funny because um, you know the whole family's always out there with him, and it's kind of a family affair, and you know. Sarah's always out there, and God bless her. She's always in the in the chair because she had some health concerns. So, um, but it was it was nice to see them do well. And like I said, it's hard to be down on a guy like that. That's always, always, no. uh, always smiling. He, so he took his shot, and it paid off. And you got to respect that. Exactly. Well, and you, uh, and so you, obviously, you felt high enough on Rosie to give her a shot in the Derby this year on my loot. So yeah, um, I mean, let's let's uh, let's tell it the way it is. I mean, Rosie's. I think she's second or third in the nation uh, amongst all riders. So, I mean, uh, giving her a shot, more like, you know, she accepted the mount. Uh, thank goodness for us. Again, and, uh, again, and again you a shot. I, I love it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So, well, don't don't kid yourself, Tom Amos. You're you're very respected in, within the horsemen and uh, the the horse racing community um, as well. So, um, plus you're stylish and, and a pretty dapper individual. So, I mean, that's what's mostly important. You know, who cares whether your horses win or not? It's about how you look in the paddock, right? So, <laughs> you and I, we're gonna go places together. You and I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. The sky's the limit, buddy. But uh, anyway, let's 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 talk a little bit about let's talk a little bit about my loot. Um, my loot was a horse that uh, I. Used what I did this year. I decided instead of trying to figure out the one horse that's going to win the Derby, what I decided to do was uh, focus my attention on your Dulanay and also Wise Dan, which were two horses back to back leading up. So I decided I was going to focus on them and then go a little deeper in the Derby. So your horse was one of the ones I included. Um, mm-hmm. It's a uh, my loot is a is a midnight loot horse. So tell me tell me yeah. a little bit about this horse and and how and how it was coming into the race and what your thoughts were of the race. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned his father, Midnight Loot, who was a Breeders' Cup Sprint Champion on two different occasions. Uh, and I actually um, covered both of those Breeders' Cups with TVG. But uh, Midnight Loot, the father... Was that was, Bob Baffert? It was. Okay, okay. Yeah. go ahead. He was, uh, he was relegated to sprinting because he had throat issues and had a couple of surgeries on his throat. And horse racing, like... Uh, like cycling, for instance, it's about getting air. It's about, you know, that. So although he was a sprinter, he was meant to be a distance horse. So that's why you're seeing his offspring being able to carry a distance of ground, including my loot. Uh, and so that's the first thing. Now, as far as my loot goes, he was second in Louisiana Derby, just beaten by Revolutionary, who, of course, he faced again in the Kentucky Derby. And um, when you look at that race, the Kentucky Derby I'm speaking of now, you know, my loot head came from well back, probably further back than anybody else in the top five. And he made a big sweeping move around horses, an exciting move, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I watched and, that. Uh, and, um, you know, down the lane, Orb was, Orb was, you know, the best horse, period, hands down. But the next uh, four horses behind him, of which my loot was one of, you know, they battled for second to, to fifth, and it was close. Exactly. And he just happened to be the one that was uh, fifth of that group. But we're very proud of him. And I'll give you some information that's not known to anybody yet, and that is uh, we've been asked a number of times whether we're going in the Preakness. And um, uh, this, the the word is now that uh, that we are going to wait and see how he trains this week and um, and make that decision 
based on how quickly he rebounds out of the derby. Before before today, the answer was, you know, just a no comment. Uh, but I think that says that we're leaning that way should he train correctly so, uh, this week. So uh, immediately on Saturday uh, after the festivities, um, do you, did, do you, did, where'd you watch the race from? Where was your uh, perspective? Well, I'm disappointed by it, I guess, because I don't, I don't ever watch my races outside live. I like to watch them on TV. I like to see exactly what's happening. So I had the entire third floor, uh, bar room area to myself because, uh, everybody else went outside to watch the race and I watched it on TV in there along with my family. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's where you'd want to be, especially if you got to win. So, uh, it seems like Suge had the same idea with all the highlights of him after the race, getting congratulated and stuff. Looked like he was in a uh, looked like he was in a suite by himself or a smaller suite. It could have been. Yeah. Could have so. been. Look, I mean, there's a deserving winner. I mean, oh yeah, it, that, know, that, there's a trainer that's that's definitely uh, tries to do it the right way and has put the hours in. So a deserving winner. Yeah, I, I actually talked to to Suge. I actually talked to him. Prior to the race, and he was a real. He was a real. He's a class act too. So, um, I actually thought, and this was one of the horses I used, and I got pretty excited at the top of the stretch when Javier Castellano said "Go" on Normandy Invasion, and he started right. to go right before Larry Calmus started to call that Orb was picking up ground. Right before right. that, I thought, okay, this he he got clear. He was in the three path there, and he came around, and it, he was he was clearly moving past the two horses in front of him, and I thought, okay. You know this. This might this might be it. You know, and and that's the horse that right. I had been, uh, both your horse and his, then uh, Chad Brown's horse. Those two were the ones I was like focusing in on. Yeah. And I, st- I was getting pretty excited when they were coming down the stretch there, and then and, and then it was very clear shortly after that that uh, Orb was unless unless there was some kind of trouble or something crazy went down, he was going to win the race. So yeah, you know, um, we oftentimes forget that the race is a mile and a quarter that none of these young horses have been that far. That's a lot of distance. And so the things that develop in the race uh, and, and look to be one way before they get to that last eighth of a mile, which um, which is about as far as those horses have gone a mile and eighth. So when you get to that, that next eighth to take them a mile and a quarter, you know, the complexion can change. Sure. And then, of course, it was a muddy track, too. A lot of people don't realize that. Uh, I'm, I'm talking right. yeah, and I'm talking here with Tom Amos. Uh, he's from TVG, Horse Trainer. Dapper individual, we already covered all that. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so so uh, you got uh, a lot of action going on this week. I know they start back Thursday. Are you uh, you stationed in Churchill now through the rest of the summer? Or yeah, I'll be here all summer long. And uh, actually, uh, because of the way the Derby is set up, we haven't even entered for Thursday yet. We normally do it about four days out, but this week we'll enter for Thursday and Friday on the same day tomorrow. So uh, Tuesday we enter for Thursday, and then we enter for Friday and. Uh, We'll see what happens. I've got a few to enter uh, both days, and uh, maybe there's a little part of me that's hoping that I don't have a big day Thursday because uh, the LSU girls are playing softball in Lexington uh, against the University of Georgia. That's right. You're a big Tigers fan. So what? So yeah. let me ask you this. So, I love softball, too. Softball's yeah. in my I'll tell you what. It's, you know, I, for a long time, I sort of – I'll be the first to admit, for a long time, I sort of looked down on, on women's softball, and I, I didn't think much of it. But then I got an opportunity to watch a couple. Uh, it's become really big in my hometown, real small town in Pennsylvania. Like the mm-hmm. girls are like state championship bound just about every year. They actually trumped our little league teams when we when I was a kid, when I was a younger lad, which is a decade ago, decades ago. Um, but it's quite entertaining nowadays. I, I will admit it, it's it's a one of fun, my favorite sports. It's I a fun. My oldest daughter 
played competitive softball all through high school and travel ball, and uh, and uh, I, I think it sits right behind college football uh, in terms of my favorite sports. So let me ask you a question. Um, with that pitching motion that those girls do, how fast do you think you could bring it? How fast could I bring it? How, think, how fast could you bring it? Underhand style? Nowhere near with those girls. I used to pitch to my daughter in batting practice, and uh, she would – she would kill the ball because I was really throwing lobster. <laughs> you were throwing uh, watermelons. And by the way, it's not a question of how fast I can bring it. It's more a question of could I hit off those girls? Oh. And the answer is a resounding no. <laughs> I could not hit that ball. Well, if, if you ever decide to get in the cage, in the batting cage, with one of those girls, especially one of the topper tier ones, and, and you do that, make sure you let me know and we'll get some video footage of that uh, yeah. for the archives. Give me a big so. chance of that. Look. <laughs> You give me my publicist. You got to make me look good, not bad. Oh, okay? oh no! Uh, I don't have to do much for that, buddy. I've seen you in the paddock several times. So, uh, so anyway, listen. I, I know that's uh, it's been a long weekend. It's uh, raining outside, and that's the perfect time for a little relaxation. If you can, uh, if <laughs> You're it, right. you know. So, um, I want to make sure that uh, everybody knows that my loot came out of the race safe and sound, as far as I've heard. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's, He's in good shape. And so when. Let me just real quick before we, we we let you go here. So he comes back over to the barn. You just want to make sure that the legs are kind of in good shape. He's he's not Correct. favoring anything, and he's eating. Correct. That's kind of what I've been hearing from everybody, right? Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. You, you want to see what his energy level is, so you judge that by how he eats and his demeanor. You know, I mean, got a little bounce, personality, little bounce and, to his uh, step is good, sure right? He's the same. Yeah, and as far as the legs go, you know, remember those horses are. I guess my lead is probably a little under twelve hundred pounds, which is a it's a, that's a big horse. But the horse is anywhere from nine hundred pounds to twelve hundred pounds. And when you watch them run in slow motion, you will see that each of those legs is going to support that entire body uh, when a horse is running. Because so, not all four uh, of them are ever on the on the on the turf or on the track at the same time. If I'm like, that's obviously. correct. Yeah, that's correct. So that we always are dealing with you know minor things here or there, and sometimes major things. Uh, but I can assure you that my lead is 100%. Excellent. Good to hear, buddy. I'm good to hear that you and the family and the horse is all safe and sound after the race. And, you know, you had a big weekend. You certainly can't be disappointed with the weekend that you had, man. I was uh, I was cheering you on from afar. I saw you a couple of times out there, you know, and uh, uh, I ho- hopefully I, I bring a little bit of good luck to people when I shake their hand or wish them good luck before the races. That's kind of what I hope for. So it's always nice to see them then and then also see them in the winner's circle. So. Sounds good, man. And thanks for calling in, and uh, we'll we'll see you this this whole meet. I'm going to be out there on Fridays doing the show out there live, so we'll get you in there and get you. Oh get uh, yeah, get, maybe yes, Nate. Get 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 oh, for sure. If I, if I get you in there as a guest, I mean, you know, you know, my show is going to blow up. So <laughs> that's a good thing. But <laughs> uh, it's always a pleasure, Mr. Tom Amos. And uh, like I said, get uh, enjoy your the rest of your afternoon and get you get some sleep, and uh, and we'll see you soon. Okay, buddy. All right, Nate. Take care. It's a pleasure right. being on the show. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. My pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take another quick break here before we wrap things up here on 1450 The Sports Buzz and 1450thesportsbuzz.com. All right, we're going to wrap it up here on the Big Nasty Show on 1450. It's 1450thesportsbuzz.com. 
It looks like the the, the rain has stopped at least for the moment. Um, it's going to be beautiful the next couple of days, so I would advise getting out and doing something. I wanted to remind everybody that the, the golf guys are going to be at the Players' Championship. They call that the stadium course. It's got the uh, 17th. Uh, is the beautiful stadium hole. It's a, it's about a 140-yard shot. What would, DJ Yates, what would you hit from 140 yards if you were on that course? Um, I don't Nowadays. Know, seven, I'd hit, seven, I w- seven or eight iron. I would, hit, I would hit a nine iron, nice and smooth nine iron. So That might be, uh, I don't know, it's been so long since I played. That's right. We're going to get you out there, like I said. So um, I did, I did want to kind of close the show out. I got a couple notes. But before I do that, I talked to Suge McGahey at the track uh before the Derby, and he had a few thoughts, and I wanted to kind of give him a congratulatory listen here, if you would, please. This is the Big Nasty Show here on the backside of Churchill Downs for Yahoo Sports Radio, and I'm here with Suge McGahey. How are you doing today, buddy? Everything's good. Everything's um, good. He sends out Orb next week on Saturday in the big race. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the morning workout today. Well, he just got out today. He's going to work, you know, do a little more work on, on uh, Monday, but uh, we're very satisfied. He got here on Monday morning. Uh, he had an off day from shipping on Tuesday, and so he's got off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and I've been very happy with what I've seen. Come back safe and sound, that's the main part, right? So far, he's been safe and sound, that's the main part. The rest of us are reveling. Impressive win last time out in the Derby, Florida Derby, and uh, and you, you left him down in Gulfstream until, until then, and then they shipped him on Monday? Is that? Yeah, we left him at Pace and Park, which is a training center about an hour and a half northwest of uh, Gulfstream, where he spent the winter. Well, I keep a lot of horses and have for a long time. He he seemed to really like it there. So after the Florida Derby, I just decided well, I'm just going to leave him there till. I mean, if I'd had my druthers, he'd still be there. But um, uh, because he did so well there, but he's done he's done very well at uh, since he's been at Churchill, and you know we're glad to hope the next seven days goes well, so we'll have the opportunity maybe to see see what happens on Saturday afternoon. There you go. And pretty much at this point in the game, as long as you want to keep him sound, he's pretty safe and sound as the, as the game plan now, just to get him out there, right? Yeah, we just we just need, like I say, we just need the opportunity to go over there in the in the right way. So that was Sugar Gahey, and uh, he's congratulations to Sugar and his connections for winning the Kentucky Derby. I want to remind you that on fourteen fifty the Sports Buzz, you can find it in Kentucky and in your car on fourteen fifty AM or on your smartphone or laptop anytime. Up next we got Trevor and Bacon uh, Johnson. We got Perrin Johnson and Trevor Bacon, if you would. I want you to have a great week and remember for DJ Yates, I'm nasty. We'll see you on Friday from Churchill Downs.